This episode is sponsored by The Second City. Love comedy and filmmaking? Then the Harold Ramis Film School's year-long program at The Second City is for you. Visit RamisFilmSchool.com for more info. Hey, babe. I just, um, I've just really been, it's been such a great year, and I, I wanted to make this anniversary special, so I, I got you something. <laughs> a goblin? Oh, you went to Jareth? That's right, Sarah. I went to Jareth. I'll sell you goblins and related pet supplies. Jareth, the Galleria of Goblins. Are you looking for a special goblin for that special someone? <laughs> Put on your red shoes and come to Jareth's. At Jareth's. Find your perfect goblin from our fine selection of above and below ground goblin varieties. Take I-94 to the Eisenhower Interchange, then turn left, Sarah. Take advantage of our first-time goblin buyer financing today. With our flexible credit, forget about the layaway. Oh my god, Sarah, is that what I think it is? It sure is! (laughs) And he went to Jared. He went to Jared! That reminds me of the sale. What sale? The sale on Friday. Come in this Friday for big savings with discounts, giveaways, and valet parking. I move these cars for no one. There will be no valet parking. What kind of goblin will you choose? At Jareth, the Galleria of Goblins. Dibble baby, dibble baby. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Blurry Photos. We've missed you, Santa. This is David Flora. <laughs> How'd you do? Hell yes. Freak out in this Moon Age podcast. Oh, yeah. There we go. That's it. That's David Stecco. <laughs> and that's Flirt and Flora. Uh, I hope everybody's doing well. We got a real good show for you. I guess you can't guess what it is about. Guess what? We're sober. <laughs> can't true. tell. Can't tell that either. Jesus. Uh, we're talking about goblins. Talking about goblins. Ooh. Talk about, talk about goblins. Am I goblins. just going to sing the whole time? Uh, that, is that all we're going to do? Yeah, that's uh, that's what the show's going to be about. Yeah. Great, great intro, David. Um, yeah, thank you. So, uh, real quick news for you before, before we launch into this, because we got a lot to get to. I yeah. was really pleasantly surprised by how much concise information there was, and, and yet how much to draw from. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a lot of really fun information we found in our research and also uh, heavily aided by... Oh, yes, Listener Brooke. Yeah, Listener Brooke gave us a huge amount of uh, links and stuff. And this, this this is one of my favorite kind of things where there's a great amount, amount of information about the folklore and the mythology. But man, if you want to take that, that motorcycle up to f***ing... The bu- crazy bullshit yeah. reservoir. Yeah, I do. Take the Chevy to that levee. 
the Chevy motorcycle. <laughs> it's my Chevrolet motorcycle. We're all up in the the music references in this episode, apparently so. Uh, but before we we get to it, we uh, have a huge announcement. Yeah, guys, Patreon. Has oh no no started. no no no! We fucking quit. Oh yeah, some asshole gave us one star. It's over. <laughs> it's all you know. We tried, we tried, <laughs> but uh, boy, like a sniper, he just put us down. <laughs> we'd we'd have quit. A few times by now, <laughs> several several right. times. It's gonna take um, more than that. Knock us off this pony. Yeah, we we have started our Patreon. Yeah, go to patreon.com slash blurry photos, and you should be able to find us there. I'll have a link on the website, of course. Yep. But mm, it's a great way to support us uh, month to month. It's kind of like subscription based. Uh, yeah. But when you pay for it, you get something back out of it. Exactly. We made a point of uh, as much as as two guys with jobs can possibly. Mm incentivize I for every month. More. Yeah. <laughs> more than we can probably yeah, yeah, exactly. deliver. <laughs> oh, don't say that. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but we do have, we, we tried to make everything worthwhile and rewarding, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, you might even notice that there are some tiers, like, <laughs> at the above $50 a month. Listen, we're not greedy bastards, but, I mean, what kind of idiot wouldn't make that option? How do I know that Chesterton J Moneybags isn't one of our biggest fans? That's right. Chesterton, who is loath to give away $100 to anyone unless Ever. he wants to be on a bull phone. Oh. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, great great rewards on there. And then, you know, the more you, you guys support us, the more we get to do. We've also listed mm-hmm. our goals uh, uh, on the side. Did I say that really weirdly? Yeah, it doesn't matter. They're goals, used to weirdly. Goals on the side. Goals. I love goals. I love goals on the side. So um, yeah, we we've we've got big plans, bigger plans, biggest bi- the plans. biggest plans, the, um, the biggest plans, the best plans. Yeah. So, so it's awesome. Uh, yeah. it, I couldn't be more excited about it. Um, which isn't to say, I mean, listen, I get it. Yeah, uh, monthly. Maybe that's not your bag. Maybe you don't have that there. Maybe we're not quite that well, What good. can they do in that case, Dave? They can they can make a gigantic fist. They can get a couple of friends that are probably puppets. They can make their way to the, the center of the, the goblin kingdom. And then they can punch that f***ing baby of a donut donate button. I'll call it the donut button until I die. I can't get around that. <laughs> this has never been a problem too yeah. recently. Well, I was going to say that- Toby I'll, the donate button. If they- <laughs> If they want something out of it, out of the money, instead of just throwing money, why not get a t-shirt? Oh, shit. That's from really our, our fully functioning store. Yes. How about fully, that, guys? The store is fully operational. <laughs> oh, I'm afraid your wallet will find this store fully operational. <laughs> God. <laughs> and it gets really condescending. Oh, well, sure. So- that's that's enough business. Let's get to some of the fun shit. That business is their pleasure. I'm going to start in on, on this because, man, there's a lot to get to, and it's all fun and games, and yes, you will lose an eye. So, Yay! Uh, quick Goblins are dangerous. Goblins are malevolent little creatures from folklore that live in dark places and delight in causing trouble. As a mythological creature, they have evolved into grotesque, pointy-eared, green-skinned little bastards that live deep underground and have quite the murderous streak. Oh, no. Murder. <laughs> oh. We're going to look at the history of them in folklore, where the term came from, how they're described, and their influence in pop culture. We even have a few news articles of recent goblin activity, which, as we said, were provided very kindly by listener Brooke. Yeah. If you want a goblin hunt, there is one place on earth you need to go. Where is that? I'm not telling you yet. Oh, okay. Okay. Dangling that carrot. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Um, so if we, and if we have time to get to a story or a poem here, or there, we've got that. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Let's get to, uh, the etymology of the name because yeah, as you may have found the, the frustrating thing about goblins is that the name is synonymous with a host of fantastical creatures. Goblin is usually a general term that's, uh, used for a small evil creature, but that could encompass such variations as you want to, you want to join me on this list. Oh, you want I would a tennis, love to. tennis yeah. racket, such variations as bogarts, bogies, blobbins, bogles, brags, farfadet, follet, jiggle nibs, gobbies, jevulin, hobgobs, kobolds, little nickels, luton, knockers, puka, spriggan, bugbear, boobach, pickle sniffer, troll, brownies, and so on. <laughs> It's up to you to pick out which ones <laughs> were, were not were not actually terms. Boobach. Um, that's a pretty good one. You know what? Well, gosh. Uh, what do we got over here? A couple of boobachs. A couple of boobachs. <laughs> with my garden. <laughs> uh, do you remember talking about the Grogach? Yeah. The, the Grogach or the Grogach? The the little hairy naked man that, that loves... Mm, I love that cream. Oh, God. Just to get in. Just oh, got that's so rich. A bowl of cream for me. <laughs> it's kind of like that. So anyways, in British folklore, there's sometimes a type of fey folk, albeit a very mischievous or malicious one. Now, the word goblin has no definite origin, but a lot of potential origins. Oh, yeah. Uh, it may have derived from the Greek kobolos, which were, machi- were, which were mischievous muchetes. <laughs> <laughs> could be uh, Denny Trejabolos, <laughs> uh, which were uh, mischievous little known dwarves or, you know, little tricky elves of Greek mythology who hung out with Dionysus. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, it developed to the Latin Cobalus or mountain spirit. Then, uh, how about it take a trip up to France for Goblinus? Gobelinus? What do you think? I, I, I don't know. I like Gobelinus. More fun. Goblinus? A, a demon which was expelled from a temple in Normandy. Uh, the English have borrowed this version to arrive at goblin, uh, and the Welsh coblin, um, which means either knocker, thumper, or spirit or fiend. Yeah. We'll, c- we'll come back to that too. Cause knocker, thumper, spirit, spy, sw- sweater, puppy, <laughs> spy. <laughs> 1141 is when we have the account of goblinus written by Ordric Vitalis. And then 1195 goblin appears in Amboise of Normandy's. Garrosant. I would have said Ambrose, but I would have been wrong. Yeah, there's no R. It wasn't. It, what does that Does that mean holy war? Um, yeah, or war saint. War saint, yeah. Yeah. I just figured war saint was kind of weird, but. If it's, if it, if that's not what it is, that's our new comic book. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't until the 14th century that English records the first use of goblin as we know it. And here's a little fun aside for you. Okay. The words elves, uh, the words elves and goblins go back to Guelphs and Ghibellines, the names of two political parties that divided Italy during the Middle Ages when the Pope and the Holy Roman Empire uh, had a dick measuring contest. Who won? I don't know. I don't know that much about uh, popery and and what were they using Italian to measure? Or did you mean that in a not literal way? Do you want to you want to listen on how to kill jokes or should I? <laughs> uh, sorry, or are I was, you going to teach me? <laughs> no, ah! zing. That's my job. 
It's not my job. My job should never be that. But sometimes you, you don't make enough money. Sometimes I moonlight. <laughs> the author of this etymology was E.K., a.k.a. Edmund Spencer, the author of the poem Fairy Queen. His take was that elves and goblins were invented to keep the common people in ignorance, saying, when all Italy was distracted into factions of the Guelphs and the Ghibelins, being two famous houses in Florence, the name began through their great mischiefs and many outrages to be so odious, or rather dreadful, that if their children at any time were forward and wanton, they would say to them that the Guelphs and the Ghibelin came, which words now from them become into our usage. And for Guelphs and Ghibelins, we say Elfs and Goblins. That was a good reading, considering like enough, there was enough Middle English with the extra E's and right. shit in there. There were a lot of rogue E's going around. Yeah, forward is froward. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's actually more fun to oh, say throw word. Oh, I, oh, I missed that. I could have said that. I will. Regret's the hardest thing to live with. <laughs> sure is. God, can that be the subtitle of our podcast? Blurry photos. Regret's the hardest thing to live with. <laughs> now, here's a fun fact. Uh, a group of goblins is referred to as a horde. Female goblins are referred to as hags or crones. Hmm. Really? Or the horde. They didn't know that. Do you know there were three nights a year when goblins were most active? Uh, and those evenings were called Tier Tiernos Tiernos Yesprinos, or Three Nights for Spirits. That's Welsh, by the way. Oh, sweet. May Day Eve, Midsummer Eve, and All Hallows Eve. Yep. So there are three separate nights in yeah. the year. And it kind of ties into like Sawan in a way, you know, where the veil right. is is thinnest. In a work by 16th century occultist and egotistical Renaissance man, Paracelsus, uh, the king of the cave-dwelling gnomes is named Gob, and his subjects are goblins, although uh, Arrested Development taught us that that's pronounced Job. Job, yeah. Joblins. <laughs> Joblins. Um, yeah, Par- Paracelsus, I have a feeling we'll be hearing back from him later on in the season, just because of his work in chemistry. Oh, f- Yeah. Wing. You like the look of that ankle? I bet you do. <laughs> Good sir. How about a little whiff of wrist? <laughs> wrist riffa. Uh, <laughs> wrist riffa. How about uh let's let's describe these things and get off the first page of this. <laughs> oh. Goblins stand between a foot and a half to three feet tall, or up to a meter. And more often they than not crotch tall is what they are. Yeah. And more often than not, they are disgusting, ugly, dirty, rancidly odiferous. They are revolting in many ways. They can have small yellow eyes, long, thin, warty noses, long, pointy ears, thin, sneering lips revealing crooked, sharp, yellowed teeth, and long fingers with sharp nails which accumulate filth so that any scratch quickly becomes infected. They're dirty. Dirty. Nowadays, they're typically depicted with green skin, wearing whatever clothing they come across. Their intelligence is well below average. Now, I mean, I, I, not always, though. Sometimes they're very clever. I mean, and not, I'm not just talking about like World of Warcraft goblins, but like there, there is like a, a fair amount of like crafty goblin things. You know, oh, yeah. you know what a goblin I just thought of that I forgot all about? Did you ever see, uh, uh, what's that Stephen King movie, Cat's Eye? 
I never saw it. It was a collection of stories, as I recall, and in one of them, there was a little goblin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was well, like a cat fought a goblin for who got to be the biggest asshole in the house for a while. In uh, in older tales, you're right. They have, well, They their description is they have bushy brows, gray hair, and beards, and they're not green at all, and they're more human-like, and they have a cunning intellect. Ah. They may also possess magical abilities, including a degree of invisibility. Sweet. In some cultures, they are more like tricksters who steal horses. 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 Who steal horses to ride at night, hide small objects, tip over pails of milk, alter signposts, much like the pixies of Great Britain. Some believe that goblins are more malevolent, weaving nightmares out of Gothamer and inserting them into wait, the... Wait. <laughs> Weaving nightmares out of Gossamer. Scream. Scream for your lives. <laughs> from the tingler. And uh, inserting them into the ear of a sleeping human. Oh, sh- Stealing human women and children and hiding them away underground. Or even stealing human babies and replacing them with ugly goblin babies. Which A.K.A. Is changelings. And uh, P.S., we're going to come back to to some of that goblin behavior later. Oh, boy. Now, many tales uh, paint them as greedy with a love for silver, gold, or other baubles. (laughs) Or Michael Bublé's. (laughs) Bublé's. We mostly think of them living underground, but those of a more fae-like characteristic were said to inhabit households like brownies did. Uh, If they were given gifts, they would be helpful, but if they felt slighted in the slightest, they would bang (laughs) pots, pans, Knock on walls, doors, which is why they're called knockers. Oh. Also, they had gigantic boobs. <clears throat> uh, they would rearrange items, throw things, tangle horses' manes and tails. <laughs> and if that wasn't whimsical enough, yeah. how about they just dig up the bones of your loved ones, scatter them? Thanks. That, yeah, that, 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 that really escalated. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get your horse tail. <laughs> Look out. I'm going to take your daughter and scatter the bones. I'm going to bang these pots together, and if that doesn't work, I'll desecrate the grave of your loved ones. That's how you do it. Now, it may have been a good omen if you find goblins living in a mine because they were thought to linger near the richest loads. Mmm. Mmm. Loads. Loads. <laughs> a couple articles I read said that uh, goblins may have originated between the French or Spanish Pyrenees from which they spread throughout Europe. Mmm. I, I, you know, that's it's one of those things where it's like, one out of every three things you read says that. Yeah. So you know, one of these days, and maybe when we finally get around to doing Atlantis, um, we got to talk more about the Pyrenees Mountains in Andorra, mm. which is that tiny, tiny little country that lives between France and Spain. They speak a completely unique non-romance language. There's a lot of weird uh, anomalies about Andorra. And, you know, one of the the running theories that i think that even they are like mm-hmm, sure is that they are the, a little enclave of oh, right. dis- displaced atlanteans yeah and neither here nor there we covered somewhere all near the tinder <laughs> somewhere near the gothamer strands of nightmares and cobwebs you know we covered a lot of creatures that um are kind of lumped under the goblin umbrella and we have before i mean we got i mean even in uh kentucky there was like a Gremlin, goblin, alien, oh, yeah. Venn diagram with a whole bunch of shotgun wielding people in the middle. <laughs> was, yeah, the, the Kelly Hopkinsville yeah. uh, encounter. They called those goblins, didn't they? 
uh, sometimes I mean, we 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 went over it on our Gremlins episode, but I think they're they're more classified. If you Google, <laughs> how do you classify them? Right. If, if you Google Kentucky goblins, goblins, that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. But um, we we've talked about uh, specifically in our Irish Legends episode. I feel like we hit a bunch of these. Yeah. Uh, the Puka, the Grogach, which we've talked about. Uh, Red Cap. We, yep. Maybe that was on the Gremlins, but we've we've gone over that. So we're not going to talk about every specific type that's lumped under goblin. But this is important too, because uh, I mean, this kind of, I, I enjoy this in the same manner. I really liked our uh, ghost taxonomy episode. I mean, oh yeah. Okay. What's the difference between a goblin and a hobgoblin mm-hmm. and a green goblin and a green lantern? Uh-huh. In a in 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 lanta lan, lantan lantana and and black manta lantern lantana <laughs> that's who I dressed as Hello. for C two E two I'm lantern lantana <laughs> my 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 Chewy what have we punched the high <laughs> puncher there are two rules to remember if you want to have a good time rule number one never run out of Colt forty five rule number two. Never forget rule number one. Oh, that's cool. Thanks, <laughs> Billy D. Oh, uh, Billy D. All right. What are we talking about? Uh, goblins, probably. Yeah, we talked about having having talked about them, but the difference between yada yada. We have talked about talking about them. So you 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 said hobgoblins. Yeah, I want to know what the difference between a goblin and a hobgoblin is. Well, I do too. Hobgoblins seem to be uh, a spirit of the household. A uh, hob is a term for a fireplace shelf or maybe a cooktop. Right. They're almost like a combination of a goblin and a brune, which is a brownie. brownie. We we call them brownies. It's the Scottish is brune. Brune. They ah. uh, they'll help around a house if they're fed, and their pride causes them to leave forever if they're giving a piece of clothing instead. So like reverse house elves. It's probably where it came from, right? Yeah, probably. Unlike Brunus, they are fond of practical jokes and cause mostly harmless troublemaking. Like putting you know. grandma's skull in the hood of your car. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me, you f- <laughs> <laughs> Now, kobolds. Oh, yeah, uh, we've heard of, uh, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you. A lot of this stuff, you? I'm not, a lot of this stuff <laughs> comes from our nerd circles. Like, yeah. you know, we, we go back to D&D and the fantasy realm and all that stuff. Anyone who's ever played a pen and paper role-playing game or any fantasy video game. RPG, yeah. yeah. You're gonna kill a lot of kobolds. And goblins, really. Yeah, like right off the tip, it's always kobold time. Yeah, so they, so in, in the uh, Baldur's Gate, I think with like your first big quests were like, go go take a cave uh, of kobolds out. Oh yeah, same uh, World of Warcraft, man. Uh, the thing, one thing I always liked for some reason in World of Warcraft, they made it so that the kobolds were positive that your job was to steal their candles <laughs> and there actually might be a quest we have to take them but for the rest of the game they'll always scream you know take ye candle <laughs> jeez mm. oh yeah. yeah yeah mr kobold me take ye candle <laughs> oh, sure me will. take ye candle <laughs> so sorry so so tell yeah. us about what they are uh they are germanic in origin oh um and it's it's kind of tough to say if it has any direct ties to the greek kobolos which i i don't see how it couldn't Mm-hmm. Um, or the Latin cobalus, which I also feel like is related to the Greek, whatever, you know, like, and as we said, like, I, I don't consider a kobold to be a goblin. They're like, yeah. they're, they're like rat dogs, rat dog things. Yeah. yeah. Humanoid rat dog. Yeah. Man, bear pig, man, bear pigs. 
totally serial. Uh, having said that, though, they they're also historically been a more of a machiev- uh, mist- <laughs> machete spirit, <laughs> a mischievous spirit that inhabits people's homes. They live in deep mines, duh. Uh, or this is a good one: live on ships. They're like like gremlins, but for ships. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I think they even wear little sailor outfits too. Oh, they're like wee little sailors. Oh, look at oh, them. Look at that. Oh, get on up the mizzen mast, oh. you wee. Oh, that's adorable. Now give me that fucking candle. Oh, I, I take a candle. I don't know why we're Scottish when they're Germanic. Yeah. Oh, look at, oh, the, yeah, look look at, the at that little, little sailor man. Hey, excuse me, Mr. Tiny Sailor. I would like to take a candle. What are you thinking about that? Oh, this was a tricks question because I don't care. <laughs> ich möchte eine Kandel. <laughs> eine kleine Kandel. Eine kleine Sailorman. <laughs> All righty. We've exhausted it. <laughs> You're getting real self-indulgent there. <sighs> How about the underground dwelling kobolds? Uh, these guys are little fuckers. <laughs> and actually, the name, the element cobalt is from kobolds, which is kind of cool. Uh, medieval mimer, m- mimers, uh, medieval miners would blame the ill effects of the arsenic ores that was found in cobalatite and smalatite on kobolds. So whenever they were getting poisoned by their surroundings, they were like, "It's the these damn little, dirty kobolds." These little kobolds doing it. Yep, pretty cool. They named an element after it, though. Yeah, I think so too. Calicantzaros is a type of goblin in Greek and Cypriot folklore. They are creatures of the night, but emerge from their underground dwellings from December 25th to January 6th when the sun ceases its seasonal movement. It's believed that Calicantzaroi stay underground sawing the world tree that holds up the earth so that it will collapse along with the earth. Dicks. However, when they're about to saw the final part, Christmas dawns and they're able to come to the surface. They forget the tree and come to bring trouble to mortals. Finally, on the Epiphany, which is January 6th, the sun starts moving again and they must go underground to continue their sawing. They see that during their absence, the world tree has healed itself, so they must start working all over again, which happens every year. Idiots. Interesting that it's it's Greek and they have a, a world tree. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the, the Scandinavian, the Norse Yggdrasil, you know? And then, I mean, uh, Epiphany. Very Christian. Right. This stuff, yeah. So, I mean, what an inclusive little tale. Hmm. Mm. Uh, how about uh, the Duende? Oh. They are goblin-like creatures from Spanish Portuguese. <laughs> Jesus, what? What happened to me? Pork grinders. Yeah, I like, I want to go to pork Portuguese. Um, they are, uh, goblin-like creatures from Spanish, Portuguese, and Filipino folklore. Yo, do you smell toast? Jesus, maybe I need a drink. Portuguese's. Portuguese. Okay, I'm gonna start all over. Goblin-like creatures from Spanish, Portuguese, and Filipino folklore. Uh, and they're more, uh, forest spirits. F***ing what the tick belong. Oh. Um, they wander the forest in big hats. (laughs) Look out, everybody. (laughs) Uh, they whistle an enchanting tune. Uh, they whistle an enchanting tune and lure children off the path to lose them in the forest. Uh, in Mexico, they live in homes and try to clip toenails of unkempt children. Sometimes taking a toe in the process. Mm, oops, slipped. Lo siento, Chico. 
Uh, in the Philippines, they come in white or black colors and play with children or just straight up take children. Like, hey, I, it, I, you know, dealer's choice, hopscotch or get in the fucking van. Hell, it's the white, the white goblins play with them and the black goblins take them away. Are you sure? Uh-huh. Okay. Sorry. Racist. Well, just don't. Oh, no, no, no. You're not racist, but you know, you're just going to continue to, to make sure propagate the the racism. Exactly. Oh, you're above it. Or maybe I'll teach them so they can make the choice. Do you guys know, uh, no joke. And please write in about this. uh, Flora's going to vote for Trump. That's his thing. (laughs) He's, he's going to do that. Some men just want to watch the world burn. (laughs) Master Bruce. In Zimbabwe, one cause of a child being born with a disability is that a goblin called a Sfigwampo may have impregnated the mother while she was sleeping. Jesus. Zimbabwe. Gross. We're going to go back there. Mm. Now, some consider the Japanese Tingu to be a type of goblin. And how many times have we talked about these? Yeah, no doubt. Real quick, Tingu, from what we have have read upon. Also a fucking awesome PS1 game. Oh, yeah? Just called Tingu? Yeah, Ninja. I like the version where they're little bird men. They're like uh, bird humanoid types oh, that yeah. are very well versed in martial arts and <laughs> sword fighting, and they live up in the mountains. And they, I think there are a couple of versions of them. But in in early Tingu legends, they did such evil deeds as starting fires and kidnapping and eating children. They could also transform themselves into humans and mislead people. You want to see some more of this ankle? Come this way. Tengu, motherfucker! Some Tengu janglers. <laughs> In later Tengu legends, they become more mischievous and even helpful to people, so they kind of soften up, I guess. Oh, those are those are a few different, uh, you know, types of of goblins from around the world. But now that we've scared you into a coma, you're terrified about having a pot clanked or. Or the skull of a loved one dug up. Flora, how can a man protect his family? Water filters? Only if you buy colloidal silver, too. That's the only way to protect your family. Buy my supplemental vitamins. <laughs> uh, well, here's some, here's some things you can do to protect yourself if, if you have a goblin infestation. I'll tell you right now. No, but before you go to bed, I want you to tell your family that you love them. I want you to read the Constitution to your children, and I want you to scatter flaxseed all over the f***ing place. <laughs> Buy my non-GMO flaxseed. I feel like my Alex Jones is going flat. I haven't spent an afternoon listening to him for a while, so maybe I'm due. I thought you were speaking more intelligently. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, you can scatter a bunch of flaxseed on the floor before you go to bed. When the goblin sneaks into your house, it'll be obliged to pick up the seeds. It'll seldom complete this task before dawn, and after several unsuccessful attempts, it will give up and leave. <laughs> I love that. Like It's seldom. Like Sometimes you get a really diligent goblin, and he's all like, I'm done. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> Nightmares on Gossamer yeah. wings. <laughs> no screen. <laughs> They can be propitiated by small gifts, so you can bribe them. You can give them, but don't give them broken tablets of Propecia if they're <laughs> pregnant. For the Kalinkin Zoroy, uh, one could leave a colander on their doorstep. If a Kalinkin Zoros approached for his evil doings, he would instead decide to sit and count the holes until the sun rose and he was forced to hide. There is some kind of OCD with counting. Things, yeah. I guess. 
Am I crazy? Have we run across that before? Is there something about that's really ringing a bell in my head about like scattering seeds and they have to pick them all up before they can? Um. Oh, you know what it is? It's a. Uh, it's not from the podcast. It's um. X Files. Oh. X Files. Uh, there's the episode with the vamp. It's one of my favorite episodes. It's the one with Luke Wilson who plays the handsome sheriff and scully and Mulder each tell their own version of it in Mulder's version he's got these giant teeth <laughs> and he's all like well i think you guys can go and she's like his he doesn't look like that Mulder. stop it and um the kid the redheaded kid uh from the sandlot is the vampire he's also the pizza delivery guy and Mulder scatters toothpicks everywhere and he's like oh why'd you have to do that because the vampire also had that ocd thing oh. and they had to pick them all up that's Funny. it hmm Gosh, um, can you want me to tell you the whole episode? Because I think I'm like I'm eighty percent of the way there. I, will you wait until I go get a beer? <laughs> yeah, no sh. Come back. The Kellen Kanzalroy also could not count above two, since three is a holy number, and by pronouncing it, they would kill themselves. Now, how are they going to sit and count calendar holes if they can't one, pass two? two uh, one, over. two. Uh, no, 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 I can't do it. Another method of protection is to leave the fire burning in the fireplace all night so they can't enter through there. Like like little evil Santa Claus. Yeah, that's wasteful. So that's that's the Greek uh, way to protect yourself. That's such a weird thing that they've got OCD. They have to count, but they can't count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how how does uh, did they did they think about the tales they were telling? Well, you know, if you put out a, a dish of cream, you know, they they can't resist it but they're all lactose intolerant <laughs> and it'll spend the entire night throwing up <laughs> farting all over yeah. the place. So now comes the, the part of uh, sprockets where we dance. Uh, mm, dun, mm, dun. We've got some cool literature here and uh, I think we should start off with our good buddy. <sighs> you know what? We love you guys. You know what that means? He's going to give you something special. We're going to give you the D. We're going to give the you the Chucky D. We're going to give you the, the Dickens. <laughs> Charles Dickens and his short story, Chuck The Christmas D. Goblins. Chuck D. Dave, would you like to would you like to regale us? Sure. I'll provide some flavor hour or, oh. or color commentary. You'll, you'll provide some flavor flav for this Chuck D? I'll, oh, no. I'll provide flavor with an OU. Ooh, nice. Mm. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. I know which voice I'm going to do this in. What, well, what is, is it on the Firth Van Dyke scale? Uh, Firth Van Dyke scale. I'm going to go towards Firth on this one because, um, this is a kind of a long story. And when I get real deep in the Van Dyke, it's, it's tough for a long, prolonged listening. Uh, uh, listening and for a telling, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody loses. Okay. In an old abbey town, a long, long while ago, there officiated as sexton and gravedigger in the churchyard one Gabriel Grubb. He was an ill-conditioned, cross-grained, surly fellow who consulted with nobody but himself and an old wicker bottle which fitted into his large, deep waistcoat pocket. A little before twilight one Christmas Eve, Gabriel shouldered his spade, lighted his lantern, and betook himself toward the old churchyard, for he had a grave to finish by next morning. And feeling very low, he thought it might raise his spirits, perhaps if he went on with the work at once. Perhaps. Perhaps. Mayhaps. He strode along until he turned at the dark lane which led to the churchyard, 
a nice, gloomy, mournful place which the townspeople did not care to go to except in broad daylight. Consequently, he was not a little indignant to hear a young urchin roaring out some jolly song about a Merry Christmas. Sword it, you! <laughs> Gabriel waited until the boy came up, then wrapped him over the head with his lantern five or six times to teach him to modulate his voice. <laughs> wow. It begs the question what kind of urchin stands still for such a drubbing? <laughs> I like to think that he's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Oh, that's the right one. There it is. As the boy hurried away with his hand to his head, Gabriel Grubb chuckled to himself and entered the churchyard, locking the gate behind him. He took off his coat, put down his lantern, and getting into an unfinished grave, worked at it for an hour or so with right goodwill. But the earth was hardened with the frost, and it was no easy matter to break it up and shovel it out. At any other time, this would have made Gabriel very miserable, but he was so pleased at having stopped the boy singing, (laughs) beating a child. Oh, I do remember drubbing that child I fondly. Do. I do. <laughs> I oftentimes find my mind turning back a pace. Yet a moment I first heard the lap had clank across his face. Oh, how he wailed and moaned. Happy day. <laughs> Happy day. It warms the cockles of me heart, it does. Now, where was I? Oh, that's right. Dug in a grave. <laughs> and he took little heed of the scanty progress he had made when he had finished work for the night, looked down into the grave with grim satisfaction and murmured at his ga- as he gathered up his things. Brave lodgings for one. Brave lodgings for one. A few feet of cold earth when life is done. Ho oh, oh! He laughed and set himself down on a flat tombstone, which was a favorite resting place of his, and drew forth his wicker bottle. A coffin at Christmas! A Christmas box! Ho, ho, ho! Ho, ho, ho! Repeated a voice close beside him. It was the echoes, said he, raising the bottle to his lips again. It was not, said a deep voice. Gabriel started up and stood rooted to the spot with terror, for his eyes rested on a form that made his blood run quite cold. Seated on an upright tombstone close to him was a strange, unearthly figure. He was sitting perfectly still, grinning at Gabriel Grubb with such a grin as could only a goblin call up. What do you hear on Christmas Eve? said the goblin sternly. What came to dig a grave, sir? stammered Gabriel. What man wanders among graves on such a night as this? cried the goblin. screamed a wild chorus of voices that seemed to fill the churchyard. What have you got in that bottle? said the goblin. All in, sir, replied the sexton, trembling more than ever, for he had bought it of the smugglers and thought his questioner might be in the excise department of the goblins. Who drinks Solins alone and in the churchyard on such a night as this? exclaimed the wild voices again. And who then is our lawful prize? exclaimed the goblin, raising his voice. The invisible chorus replied, Well, Gabriel, what do you say to this? said the goblin as he grinned a broader grin than before. 
Sexton gasped for breath. What do you think of this, Gabriel? It... it's very curious, sir. Very curious, sir, and very pretty, replied the Sexton, half dead with fright. But I think I'll go back and finish my work, sir, if you please. Work? said the Goblin. What work? The grave, sir. Oh, the grave, eh? Who makes graves at a time when other men are merry and takes a pleasure in it? Again, the voices replied. I'm afraid my friends want you, Gabriel, said the goblin. Under favour, sir, replied the horse-stricken sexton. I don't think they can. They don't know me, sir. I don't think the gentlemen have ever even seen me. Oh, yes, they have. We know the man who stroked the boy and the envious malice of his heart because the boy could be merry and he could not. Here, the goblin gave a loud, shrill laugh, which the echoes returned twentyfold. <laughs> I'm afraid I must leave you, sir said the sexton, making an effort to move. Leave us, said the goblin. (laughs) As the goblin laughed, he suddenly darted towards Gabriel, (laughs) laid his hand upon his collar and sank with him through the earth. And when he had had time to fetch his breath, he found himself in what appeared to be a large cavern, surrounded on all sides by goblins, ugly and grim. And now, said the king of the goblins, seated in the center of the room on an elevated seat, his friend at the churchyard. Show the man of misery and gloom a few of the pictures from our great storehouses. As the goblin said this, a cloud rolled gradually away and disclosed a small and scantily furnished but neat apartment. Little children were gathered round a bright fire, clinging to their mother's gown or gambling around her chair. A frugal meal was spread upon the table and an elbow chair was placed near the fire. Soon the father entered and the children ran to meet him. As he sat down to his meal, the mother sat by his side, and all seemed happiness and comfort. What do you think of that, Ebenezer uh, Gabriel Grubb? said the goblin. Gabriel murmured something about it being very pretty. Show him some more, said the goblin. Many a time the cloud went and came, and many a lesson it taught to Gabriel Grubb. He saw that men who worked hard and earned their scanty bread were cheerful and happy and he came to the conclusion that it was a very respectable sort of world after all. No sooner had he formed it than the cloud closed over the last picture, seemed to settle on his senses and lull him into repose. One by one the goblins faded from his side, and as the last one disappeared, he sank into sleep. The day had broken when he awoke and found himself lying on the flat gravestone, and the wicker bottle empty by his side. He got on his feet as well as he could, and Brushing the frost off his coat turned his face toward the town. But he was an altered man. He had learned lessons of gentleness and good nature by his strange adventures in the Goblin's Cavern. (laughs) Okay, so Charles Dickens apparently (laughs) tried like a lot of attempts. Like, like Christmas Carol is like, the 45th version. <laughs> yeah. Although yeah. I like, I wish that we had goblins in Christmas. Christmas goblins? That'd be, That'd be fun. Great. That'd be great. That was Christmas, a good one. Christmas goblins that have a moral and teach lessons. Apparently. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's all That's all well and good, but you want to know what I want here? What? 
I want a perm. A perm? Perm. How about The Nine Little Goblins by James Whitcomb Riley? I'll accept it because I love math. (laughs) They all climbed up on a high board fence. Nine little goblins with green glass eyes. Nine little goblins that had no sense and couldn't tell coppers from cold men's pies. (laughs) And they all climbed up on the fence and sat. And I asked them what they were staring at. And the first one said, as he scratched his head with a queer little arm that reached out of his ear and rasped its claws and its hair so red, This is what this little arm is for! And he scratched and stared, and the next one said, How on earth do you scratch your head? And he laughed like the screech of a rusty hinge, laughed and laughed till his face grew black. And when he choked with a final twinge of his stifling laughter, he thumped his back with a fist that grew on the end of his tail till the breath came back to his lips so pale. And the third little goblin leered round at me, and there were no lids on his eyes at all. And he clucked one eye, and he says, says he, What is the style of your socks this fall? And he clapped his heels, and I sighed to see that he had hands where his feet should be. Then a bald-faced goblin, gray and grim, bowed his head, and I saw him slip his eyebrows off as I looked at him, and paced them over his upper lip. And then he moaned in remorseful pain, would ah would I me browse again? And then the whole of the goblin band rocked on the fence top to and fro and clung in a long row hand in hand, singing the songs that they used to know. Singing the songs that their grandsires sung in the goo-goo days of the goblin tongue. Jesus. Hey, at least it's no Veranita. Yeah, that's true. And ever they kept their green glass eyes fixed on me with a stony stare, till my own grew glazed with a dread surmise, and my hat whooped up on my lifted hair, and I felt the heart in my breast snap too, as you've heard the lid of a snuffbox do. And they sang, You're asleep, there is no board fence, and never a goblin with green glass eyes. Tis only a vision that mind invents after a supper of cold mince pies. And you're doomed to dream this way, they said. And you shan't wake up to your clean plum dead. <laughs> that is truly a fever dream. <laughs> it really that was. was. That was a batch Hands crazy. for feet. <laughs> Oh, man. Now I've heard everything. Now I've heard it all. James Whitcomb Riley. Way to, way to do it. Uh, lots of literature with, with goblins. Yeah. The Goblin Market was a lengthy poem written by Victorian poet Christina Rossetti. Uh, I thought about including that in this. Just too long, man. It's just too, too long. long, man. Too much work. We're already getting long in the tooth. Yeah. And we've already, you know, we've gone on with some of these other, these other sources, you know, plenty of, uh, folk tales and stories about tricksy goblins and tricksy oh, yeah. hobbits. I mean, Tolkien for, for f- sake. There you go. Yeah. Tons of goblins in that they, one. They, they feature in, in all the big ones, uh, Hans Christian Anderson, the brothers Grimm, of course they're in there, but yeah, Tolkien, I think is what has formed the basis for the modern goblin. I think so. I think so too. You know, it's funny, actually just, uh, the other night I was watching the two towers uh, because deftly inserted plug, I will be uh, helping Dark Mark Soloff with uh, Blastro Podcast Muff Movies. We're doing the Two Towers, which I think will be out in three weeks. Oh, goodness. Um, but I was struck by the goblins are by far the most terrifying creatures in that. Oh. I think they're way spookier than the orcs because they're just beady eyed and very, very just vicious looking and they have so many different uh colorations and little 
little bits of metal holding their heads together and <laughs> yeah oh man and the the newer hobbit movies have the goblins in there obviously the scene with the goblin king uh in those and yeah. they're, they're very much little little spindly spidery little little guys the goblin king made no sense to me in the hobbit because it couldn't look any less like a goblin yeah uh it, it it's like all the goblins in it are like sinewy and and lean and and tiny and tiny and this thing was fat and job of the huttish it was like the size of the are those ogres the the trolls mountain trolls is that which one are you thinking because well, well, there's the three trolls that turn to stone right oh yeah yeah but but i'm talking about like oh, the, the, the the big things that fight yeah i mean i don't know if they're ever identified i always figure they were ogres Why um not? Shrek, you, you know Shreks? what's what's killing me right now is i can't get harry potter out of my head with the the mountain troll that comes oh, down. Right. Like I keep that keeps popping in my head. Are those because there's the three? Maybe those are ogres that turn to stone. Uh, no, I think those are trolls. Oh, okay, uh, I think you're right about that. But yeah, the in in the first the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, he well yeah. Anyways, nerd nerding out. Um, right. And I mean, and and Tolkien from there, it's a hop, skip, and a jump to uh, Gary Gygax. Oh, and and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, all of Wizards Wizards of the Coast. Right. Took it over Magic the Gathering. I mean, one of my good friends in high school like swore by a goblin deck. Like he uh, he he made it his mission to create the ultimate goblin deck. You know how how people do. You know you yeah. you have different builds and stuff. But yeah, he he totally went and got the Goblin King and or was that Magic the Gathering? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about. I think I might even have a goblin deck myself. But I I, I just my heart was never into the goblins. <laughs> you were just a tourist. I made an elf deck. <laughs> I uh yeah you know and it's uh, all of that the 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 it's one of like the top villains I mean if you've got a a real classic fantasy story there's gonna be a dragon there's gonna be an orc there's gonna be a goblin yeah your your easy fodder is is goblin yeah and of course of course as we have referenced at the beginning the old classic labyrinth oh did we I don't remember. <laughs> Oh, I guess we didn't talk about that, did we? <laughs> <laughs> now, <laughs> one thing I thought would be fun to throw in here. You, have you heard of a goblin shark? Have you ever heard? Oh, of yeah. Yeah. The, but the, the, I mean, all sharks can kind of like launch their jaws forward, but the goblin shark. Oh, my God. Like a full foot, it feels like. That, oh, yeah, they're yeah. spooky. It, this, it's an ugly ass deep sea shark whose name is a translation of its old Japanese name, Tinguzame. And of course, Tingu, you know, as we said was considered a goblin early on. But yeah, it's got kind of like this flat sword-like projection coming out the top of its skull. Yeah. And then its mouth is underneath, and it's kind of like, it, it, it's like a carport on a house, and the jaws are the car. It just comes, <laughs> Murder it like car. zooms out. Yeah, yeah, it's just all pointy teeth, and it just launches out. It's, it's like a separate f***ing thing from the shark, This yeah. its jaws and teeth. It's, yeah, it's, it's a hell of disgusting. a thing. It's disgusting. I hate fish with teeth. They're just gross. Don't all fish have teeth? I hate them. <laughs> I hate them all. I hate them all. I don't discriminate. Let's talk about some uh, some modern goblin encounters. What we got? We're we're yeah. Let's get to some of these crazy ass things that Brooks sent us. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, Brooke. Thank you so much for all those awesome links and what they what they brought. If you want to put all these in one pot, the pot is called Central Africa. <laughs> is really into goblins, and they are up everything <laughs> boko haram might entirely be made up of goblins oh man every single story is is uh 
goblins stopped a school from, they had to shut down school because of goblin assault. Uh, local women are getting impregnated by goblins at night. Uh, goblins telling God, you know, telling guys they have to leave their wives so that the goblins can have them. A lot of goblin action. All right. Here, here's a great one that Brooke sent us. Goblins terrorize in Yathi villagers. Goblins have allegedly been terrorizing villagers in Dromoland, uh, village eight in Yathi, which, uh, which is in, uh, Nigeria where they are alleged to make thunder like noises at their homesteads at night somebody f-ing taking thunder sounds because i will sue a goblin <laughs> i've seen gringotts they've got money <laughs> well that means they can hire good goblin lawyers dude uh. um, the goblins are also alleged to turn into spiritual husbands and sleep with female vir- villagers by the way spiritual husbands is the name of our next r&b band <laughs> mm. good evening ladies <laughs> my name is dave stecko with me as always, David Flora. And we are Spiritual, spiritual husbands. husbands. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> mm-hmm. That can be our uh, $2,000 mark. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Our R&B album, Spiritual <laughs> Husbands. <laughs> By the time we get that done, we'll be literal husbands. Huh. <laughs> so, uh, I, I I just want to make a real quick observation here. Doesn't it seem like all these uh, African tales of of witchcraft and uh, voodoo and goblins and whatnot creatures they're all sexual based or or like rapey? Well, I mean, we talked about this before. There's um, the uh, cultural psychosis, the penis theft. Yeah, penis theft, uh, p- penis wizards, and things like that. But yeah, these. There definitely is like a, a very sexual component to it. Um, in some of these accounts, the, the goblins aren't actually raping women, but they're giving them sex dreams or they're impregnating them. Yeah. Impre- they're, they're messing with the family dynamic. They're interceding between husband and wife. They're, they're really, they're really in it for the sweet, sweet sex. Um, they're not like whimsical pranksters, like, like European right, goblins. Right. All right. In in an article from 2014, this comes to us uh, from Zimbabwe. The Ministry of Primary and Secondary Education has transferred 15 senior teachers and their headmistress from Ndagababi Primary School in Deet, following a fallout with the community over the issue of goblins that are alleged to have terrorized them. I keep imagining like a a cross between a witch trial and a PTA meeting. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. And it's, it's great. It's, I mean, it really is. It's like they're, it's like they're describing like a, a raccoon problem in a school. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess people in the village actually got together and wanted them to remove the teachers from the school because they thought maybe the teachers were faking that goblins were running amok. Yeah. That, that, that somehow seems like maybe that's what was going on. But one of the teachers who spoke to the, the, uh, interviewer said at one point we heard children crying outside and we warned each other not to go outside as we didn't know what was happening, especially when movements could be heard on the rooftops of the cottages. So they, they've got a Kelly, uh, Hopkinsville. They really do. Uh, yeah. They just got the shotguns. Uh, you know what? One thing I liked about this story is um, there is the, uh, a quote from the Progressive Teachers Union of Zimbabwe, Matabeleland North Provincial Coordinator, whose name is Never Nwanzavi. First name, never. First name, never. Said, and I just love, I would love to be like, to hear the quote, because I hope that there was like a exasperated resignation 
uh, and he said, it was unfortunate that the root cause of the goblins issue was not addressed and accused the community elders of judging teachers based on failure to attend the chief's meeting and not at the issue at hand. The issue at hand is goblins. (laughs) And I'm tired of the spin cycle. I'm tired of the whitewashing. I'm tired of the lies. I want to get to the root of it. There are goblins in our schools. No one's doing anything about it. You just throw out the whistleblowers. This is is a political attack based on teachers, educators, who are fearing for their lives. They don't want their family members dug up. The village media trying to say these guys didn't show up to their meetings. They're too busy fighting goblins. Of course they didn't go to the chief's (laughs) meeting. They can't even leave the school for fear of all the noise on the roof and the children crying. Buy some of my supplemental zebra pellets. That's right. It's terrible, but like we said, these poor people in these villages and the and and they they get worked up over what they consider witchcraft. A little or, mass hysteria going yeah. there, yeah. Which is a little bit ironic. Don't you think? No, I'm not gonna sing the album. Why not? Jagged little pill. Why why aren't why aren't you? To think that this is happening in a school. You'd think the one place where you would kind of fight the uh, uh, the mass hysteria and the, the witchcraft, uh, spread of witchcraft thoughts. Anyway. All right. Let's get down some of these other things. Uh, these are the great things. Uh, goblins overpower traditional healer. <laughs> goblins order men to surrender wives. <laughs> it's just the rapiest shit. Uh, how about a regional politician uh, named Mapfumi denied that goblins had been found on his home premises? No, no, no. Uh, goblins terrorizing at the village, uh, goblins, uh, suspected goblins forced closure of Nakai school, uh, mass transfers of teachers over goblins Man. drama as women threatens to kill sick Mutanda over goblin. Yes. There's going to be some drama there. Girls at Zimbabwe school attacked by goblins. Goblins haunt village heads over food aid. Notorious Crowday park goblin has finally been exercised. Weary Zimbos turn to goblins for cash. <laughs> Bring your old unused goblins. <laughs> goblins for cash. cash. For goblins. I, I I just can't help but think: Is it a cultural thing that when women are are sexually abused, that it turns into uh, some sort of fantastical thing? Is well, it that they don't want to face the fact that that the men are doing this to them? I th- I I don't know. I think that there is. Um, and I, 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 I'm literally just pulling things out of thin air, but, um, considering, you know, the, the, the sexual climate in central Africa, it is for the most part, very conservative, but having said that they have rampant HIV, there's a huge problem with that. There's a lot of extra emotional weight and baggage to issues of, of sex and, um, and how that gets dealt with. And I'm sure there's. I wonder how often the goblins come up as a as a way for people who are having not sexual necessarily, but any relationship problems, problems in the marriage, um, you know, arguing, fighting. Oh well, it's not that I being an asshole or you're not listening or whatever it is. It's that goddamn goblin. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's a, a it's scapegoat. A, and- yeah, you know, I, I, I and I'm maybe all three, maybe none of the above. I, I don't know, but there's Just spitballing. Yeah. yeah, there's there's the cultural safety valve there there's there's something about everyone's willing to accept goblins as the source of a problem Hmm. it's it's an area i don't know a lot about. and here's another very important thing to say that really just crossed my mind when i say uh for all problems i mean is this is a handful of of very clearly cherry-picked articles because yeah the episode's about goblins 
you know, it's like if I could, I could find five, six articles about leprechauns across the United States. It doesn't mean that, I mean, it's not as though everyone in the United States is running around screaming leprechaun. Oh, sh-, you know, true. You know, it's, it, it's, a, we're talking about an entire section of a giant continent. So by no means are we saying, oh, everyone's running around freaking out about goblins. No, that's not true. But it does exist at a, a higher propensity than virtually anywhere else on earth. And, you know, people in the United States blame demons and angels for things. It's, it's a regional thing. You know, it, and it certainly doesn't mean that, you know, everyone, you know, is blaming demons and angels for things happening, but you certainly could find no end of stories. There's entire publications and magazines devoted to stories in which angels and or demons have improved or f-ed with somebody's life. You know, I would say that we are far more further down that scale than they are. A breath of levity from Dave Stecco. <laughs> Thank you for that perspective, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. I think that's a great point. Well, I, uh, on that note, I think that uh, I think we should just stop talking. <laughs> I think we should wrap up uh, goblins in a, uh, a a jagged, filthy, ugly, warty, green-skinned nutshell. Yeah, I like that. Who hates it when you beat children in graveyards? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> God, you know what else we need to clonk over the head with a lantern six or seven times? What's that? Pans! All right. Who's going to take the first bite? You go for it. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Well, Dave, you know that there's uh, a lot of mischievous little edible creatures that inhabit farmers' fields. Have you heard of these things? No. If you catch them and, and take off their thin husks, you could eat the corn on the cobblins. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty puns, dunder cheap. <laughs> you know, there's another kind of um, goblin, sort of an offshoot, a subspecies, and they, they're just filthy. They don't flush the toilet when they're done. They, uh, they walk around with food stains on their clothes. They, they leave just empty cereal bowls everywhere. Pizza boxes. They just, they don't do their laundry. Gross. Slob goblins. Sloblins. Sloblins. <laughs> I like it. Well, I've got a new business for you. Oh yeah. It's a hot chocolate boutique. Ooh, I like hot chocolate. I know you like that. It's uh this one's actually underground. You have to go down underground to it. And all the, the fixtures, the tables and the chairs, they're all made of cobalt. Uh-huh. It's called Cocoa Bold. Nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should mention that because there was an uh in the early eighties there was a, a very brief uh it was a cartoon slash toy craze centered around creatures of folklore that would not only live in deep mines, um, but they could also change their shape into race cars or jet planes or anything. They were the gobolds. <laughs> <laughs> I was like the GoBots. Th- those were my go-to because Transformers, I think, were too expensive. <laughs> you, you fucking peasant. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I uh, in my Play. elementary. Here's the funny thing: like uh, in retrospect, everyone realized the supremacy of Transformers over GoBots. Which, when you really, if you go back, like look them up on on Google sometime. Like GoBots were pretty fucking lame. They just—they weren't as good as built as well. Sure, but a couple of fun things. The leader of the uh, enemy GoBots, Psykill, which was pretty great. <laughs> That's fun. But the 
the best GoBot, and I remember this so distinctly from elementary school, was like this mystical unicorn that no one could ever get because most of the GoBots, they just made lame shit. Like an ambulance? Yeah, like, uh, and there was I, one I an ambulance. really awesome murder thing. It was a, it was a, an F-15 fighter jet, and it was like the leader of the GoBots. I think I had that and one. And his name was Leader One. And I remember this because no one could, you could never find Leader One really? in the store. And one kid, uh, who was actually Kenyan at my elementary school, his name was Asa Kabazi. I don't know. Like maybe I shouldn't say his whole name. I don't know, who cares? Asa had Leader One. And when he brought that shit to school for show and tell, it was a genuine, like, oh, like everyone's like, can I, can I hold it? And he would like really lord it over me, like, mm, okay. <laughs> It was a big deal when somebody Man. had leader one digressions. Yeah. Them's puns. Go bots and puns. Yeah. Well, now we yeah. get to, uh, uh, we get to step up from our cheaply made puns uh-huh. to the more expensive and interchangeable, uh, uh form of new uh-huh. machines. And, uh-huh. and, and you're almost there. Listen to Listener mail. More than we can read. (laughs) Listeners wage their battle to destroy (laughs) the ignorant forces of Dave and David. Kicking it off, uh, new listener Lawrence. Hi, Lawrence. At least new writer. Well, sure. uh, Sympathizes with with us about all the weird feedback we were getting on the Flat Earth episode, which I really enjoyed, uh, and talks about that you can, uh, the, the Bedford level experiments, which we even talked about uh-huh, briefly uh-huh. actually, uh, did have some false readings, but that did show that the earth is curved and it's testable and repeatable. Also, if the South pole is an ice wall, then surely it would take longer to sail around the South pole than it would to sail around. That the North is a pole. great point. That is a, a great point, right? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't you think that'd be the, the case? Yeah. I mean, if you think about a record, a, a, a vinyl record, the little hole in the middle being the North Pole, mm-hmm. in, how you put your finger around it, just encircle the hole, and then go down to the outer edge of the the record. Yeah, you know, and and how does that figure in? Well, it doesn't. Atheists, it doesn't. Yeah, I guess nobody does that. Also, uh, recommended that we might enjoy the parapod. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh, uh, one skeptical and one ghost hunter, both comedians. Mm. What? Yeah, I feel like they're stepping on our dick, son. <laughs> No, that sounds awesome. Thank you, Lawrence. Thank you, Lawrence. Dave, we've heard from Maxie Lou. Oh, hello, Maxie. Hi, Maxie Lou. You bastards, she writes. Oh, shit. I recently discovered your podcast and have since lost all my reading TV gaming time trying to catch up. Oh, don't give up gaming yeah, time. Yeah, don't give that's up the gaming important. time. Listen to us while you uh, uh, go craft minds. Oh, yeah. That's that's a, that's a quality podcast times. When I when I try to listen to something, though, when I'm playing, my, I, I, I retain zero. I don't, I'm oh. so focused in, in building my stupid ass cobblestone structures. I, you know what I listen to, or I'll bring up like a, I've been on a real run lately of listening to, to my mind, what I classic comedian bits like oh, uh, yeah. Eddie Murphy raw, or uh, I've been listening to a ton of uh, George Carlin lately. Beautiful. And yeah. It's, it's yeah. awesome. She, she says to make matters worse. I now find myself thinking in puns. Nice. <laughs> my quality of life has decreased remarkably. And yet like a junkie. I can't quite manage to walk away. Ah. Uh, she said she grew up in a small town in uh, central Utah. 
And uh, uh, there's a tradition in the town that if a younger brother gets married before his older brother, the older brother has to dance in a pig trough at the wedding. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, That's that great. sounds awesome. She says it's a small town. We have to make our own entertainment. I believe <laughs> you. Thank you, Maxie Lou. Thank you. Got one from Lunar Kitty. I don't even know what noises well, I'm making, but it's fun. The shuriken, and and I like the sprocket sound that you yeah, put in there. Yeah, thank you. Lunar Kitty wants us to know that uh, for all of the primitive screw heads <laughs> who think cats are bad luck, meow, 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 you stupid, meow, meow, what the f***, meow, the meow, meow. Oh, I thought meow was the beep. No. I was wrong. <laughs> no, it wasn't. P.S. Pro tip for me. Uh, learn from a true vulgarian. Learn to insult with 20 words where only one of five is a swear word. Luna Kitty also suggests for low-carb beer, there's nothing better than Guinness. Very true, and we certainly made uh, use of that. Rum, or maybe Eagle Rare, perhaps some hard cider. I'll drink all of it, because I like to drink. Thanks, Luna Kitty! I'm not a fan of cider. Really? I'm not. I'm hit or miss. Some of them I don't like, some of them I really like. It's a little too sweet for me. Yeah, they run the gambit. You know, they just opened a cider bar by my house. Maybe we should go check that out. Which, Or maybe if you just told me you don't like cider, maybe we should never check that out. <laughs> maybe that's the better. I don't have to fix that problem yeah. for you. Check it, yourself, son. It is okay if you don't like cider. I don't know why I just decided to fucking solve that for you. <laughs> Jesus. Well, maybe it is a problem. I'm I don't a, know. I, what kind of awful person am I? <laughs> You know what? We'll go to Half Acre and drink beers that we both I've like. never been, so I like that. There we go. <laughs> but when you pass the f*** out, I'm pouring so much cider in your gullet. <laughs> Who's next? Well, you're never going to believe this, Dave. I probably won't. But we've heard from King Jeremy the Wicker. Liar! You're right. I didn't believe you. And this is what he writes. I would say, Jeremy Rowland. He's got some wedding customs. Oh, sweet. So that's that's the point we're up to. We're getting caught yeah. up. Blah, 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 blah. Back in 2001, instead of rice, which we were told did kill birds, we gave out little bottles of bubbles, and the people blew bubbles on us as we walked out of the ceremony. Super the past classic. four or five weddings, or however many I've been to, have all been bubble weddings. Yeah, bubble weddings. You you and I went to one. Yeah, we did. With uh, Kurt and Monica, they, yep. our friends, that and and... We blew bubbles at them. Bubble weddings. Bubble weddings. Get them. Uh, Another odd custom that I did not know about until the day of was that during the reception, if people tap on their champagne glasses with their forks, uh, the bride and the groom would have to kiss. Uh, Again, that's something that that comes up. I've seen that. I always just thought they were like, come on, do a speech. And they're like, fuck off. I no. Oh, no. Yeah. When you tap the glass, you're, you're making them kiss in front of everybody. That's weird. <laughs> it gets old. <laughs> now, he even says this kind of got annoying after 50 times, and so we slowly just ignored everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just going to scream, you're not the boss of me, and then knock something over. <laughs> <laughs> and here's something. To the tradition of the bride and groom not seeing each other before the wedding, we did this, and if we could do it again, we would not do it. We were both excited, nervous, and anxious, and want to share as much of the experience with each other as we could. Well, regret's the hardest thing to live with. Oh, that's our that's our podcast. It says congratulations and good luck to us. Thank, Thank you, you, Jeremy. Well, I can uh, I can play this game too. Got one from James, the skeptical Oki. Hey, James. He writes congratulations on our upcoming dual nuptials. Thanks, James. Uh, here's some other uh, fun traditions in his family. The two uh, main traditions are alcohol. You know, get everybody good and drunk, and then a shotgun to keep them there, which I enjoy. <laughs> 
Another tradition he's seen a few times um, is where the, the wrists are bound with a ribbon or a, a fancy rope to uh-huh. signify the unity, the binding. Could be a Celtic uh, tradition. Now, when James and his uh, lovely wife were married, um, they received a pair of Korean wedding ducks. And you you what, Mike? Yeah. The female has a string tied around the bill. Uh, yeah. And know. that's it. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. It says, and he writes, and by the way, Stecco, you sounded worried about your life now consisting of being told what to do. I embrace being told what to do. I like to follow directions. Yeah, I get that. I, I yeah. understand that completely. Uh, don't worry. An interesting side effect of marriage is the males tend to develop a condition known as selective hearing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just can't wait to get married. I just want to get it. I just want to get it done. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Excited by it. <laughs> uh, yeah. so thank you, James. Thank you, James. Big shout out to James's son. Hey buddy. How's it going? Hope you're excited for Captain America Civil War. Shout outs. High fives. Hi, Dave. Boy. We've heard from the Leprechaun. <laughs> leprechaun. Is it not, which is different from Leprechaun, which we feel very bad for. Yeah, I'm sorry, Leprechaun. I'll never make that mistake again. <laughs> Hope you found your nose. <laughs> oh. No. The Leprechaun says recently found us via expanded perspectives. Hi. And he's enjoying it uh, uh, and, and mentions me losing my shit in the flat earth. Love it. Oh, and, and, in the interest of full disclosure, he says he's carried a deep, dark bias against all things pun for most of his life. Can't blame him. And uh, he Stinky says, I, cheese. I hope it isn't grounds for expulsion from the club. No, it's not. Not at all. But we have made him laugh with a couple. So perhaps there is hope after all. <laughs> so with that said, he's going he's gonna, uh, to load up. In? He's going to load up the old shotgun and tell us to pull. Nice. There's a small but growing group of hyper-smart individuals that have seen past NASA's lies and deceit. Thank God. And have discovered the truth that the Earth is indeed flat. Have you heard of these people? No. They're called assholes. <laughs> yes! That's fucking glorious. That's a top 10. That is, this guy came out of the gates swinging hard. That is a top 10 career pun right there. He says, mm, no, don't think I did that right. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not mad. <laughs> nope, still a good joke. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. Thank you, uh, the Leprechaun. Thank you, Leprechaun. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, an email here from KB, who will be henceforth known as Pandora. Oh! Close it! Close it! <laughs> uh, Pandora writes, hey guys, just Hi. listening. Uh, finished listening to Hendrik Kaifek murder episode. Truly mysterious and disturbing in a number of ways but I can't help but equate it to a similar set of murders here in the U S which I think that Pandora is playing catch up. I think she said in here, she's 56 episodes behind. So I think this will come up later, but she mentions the Villisca, Iowa, uh, ax murders. Oh the, yeah. The, 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 the bludgeoning, you know, the, we have the we murder did, house. Yeah. The murder house, um, which we have talked about. I believe it's international haunts and pancakes. That's it. International, international haunts and pancakes. Uh, yes, we've got that on there. That is in uh, my my betrothed's home state of Iowa, which someday I would like to visit and check it out for myself. Uh, so thank you very much. But yes, we do. We actually do scratch that particular itch. Not a whole um, episode, but part. Yeah, just a little little in there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just a little bump, just a quick just a quick hit to get you through the work day. <laughs> just a quick. Woo! Yeah, not, not, not like a full rail. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Pandora writes, uh, having a great time going through the back catalog and only have 56 more episodes to be caught up. 
Whew. She says, thanks for all the great work, especially the 100th episode. Oh. Yeah. Those chrononauts, they're squirrely. I'm itching to get, get back to some of their Me stories. too. I think we should start working on it now so it's not such a gigantic project when the time comes. Yeah. Now that our break is over, we have so much more time. <laughs> Plus, if if you uh, look on the old uh, Patreon yeah. pledge levels, you you could uh, subscribe and maybe get a, a Chrononauts episode here or there nice. each month. Way to work it in there. Uh, thank you, Pandora. Thank you, Pandora. And finally, Dave. Yep. Heard from friend of the podcast, Amy. Hi, Amy. Amy. Why you gotta be so mean? I don't know. We don't know where that, that came from. We no. literally made it up, Amy, because I heard it from Dave, and Dave, he claims he heard it from me. Right. She says, this happened recently. Thought she'd share it. We have a medium security prison here, and I guess there was some kind of audition for a new reality show. Oh. Uh, I didn't get all the details, but a friend of mine who was working with a production company said that they had all the cameras and lights set up and were ready to go when they discovered that the scripts they'd brought with them were for a Downton Abbey knockoff. Oh, no. Yeah, it was a 2016 misscripted contest. Misscripted contest. Ba-da-boo! Well played, Amy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm here all week. Try the veal. Which is also a pretty good warning to everybody. We're we're just uh, just over a month away. We're dangerously We're we're just a month away. We're exactly a month away from the 2016 yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think I think we should probably just start singing that on our own because we're gonna get in trouble eventually. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to gonna have to put the kibosh on that and figure out some way yeah. around such a great song. But uh, yeah. I think we can do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're very we'll clever. Out. But uh, thank you, Amy, for writing in, and thank all of you for writing in. Please continue to do so. We uh, we continue to read them. How's that for a deal? That's true. All of it. Not yeah. a, not a word of it a lie. Yeah. Go to if you got a second here, and if you mm-hmm. don't make one. Uh, Facebook, like us if you haven't. Yep. We're, we're almost at a, a 11 Hildos. 11 Hildo? I don't know. We're, we're like 11. 11, 11 Hildo, We're I like guess. a thousand and a half. 11, 11 Hildo. Yeah. 11 Hildo, I think. Is. Yeah. We're doing great. Um, we are, we are still just, we've got so much speed. I want to keep that going because don't forget, I want to, um, smugly inform my company that we have more likes than them. It's true. It's something I've looked forward to a very, very long time. Very thank you. Time. Thank everybody who's gone out and, and spread the gospel, told yes. their friends, told their neighbors, told the, the UPS guy. <laughs> um, we, we really appreciate that. Go to Twitter, follow us on blurry underscore photos. Yes. There's always audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Get to yourself get, a free uh, book. Free book and, and give us a high five without even having to do anything. Yeah, it's easy. That's the best part. I'm on to uh, the drawing of the three in the nice. Dark Tower series. Let you know how that goes. Did a chuck, did a chuck. I finished my book on poker. Yeah. Yep. Can you school me? I, I am I going to get schooled? Do you know I all don't my tales? Think so, because it's hard. Um, it's a book that um, I'm glad I listened to it because I like hearing the guy describe it. But um, imagine a book where over and over he says, All right, you have ace, you have a six of clubs, seven of diamonds. The flop is three of hearts, two of spades, jack of diamonds. Now, the person playing across from you is pretending, you know, he's, he's, you know, indicating that he's got pocket queens. Now, you have, and it's like, uh, you really have to remember all the cards in play. Yeah. uh, And it also spent a lot of time describing card games that I will never play, like Omaha, eight or better. I was like, what? Yeah, I was like, uh, I don't need any of this. But the parts that I liked, I really liked, and it was totally worth it, which is what I like about audible.com. Like, you get, like, the credit a month, boom. Yeah. you can Free book. Go ahead and just listen to it. That's, try, try something new. That's what I'm doing. Um, so that's worth it. Uh, don't forget, like, once again, punch Toby 
our baby shaped uh, donate button. <laughs> um, check out Patreon. We are uh, it's uh, patreon.com slash blurry photos. Yep. It's P A T R E O N. Yes. Dot uh, com slash blurry photos. Uh, check it out. If you want to support us, that would be great. I'm not saying you have to, but I sure would like it if you did. It'd be great if you could. We'll try to give back to you in that case. Yep. And um, it's a it's a the best we can do as far as is making this as as even Steven as possible. Yeah, you know, we're not asking for handouts. We're asking for hand ups and handouts. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, always remember, the store is now open. Oh, it Go is. Go get yourself uh, a t-shirt or two. We've we've got a couple designs on there. We've got some things in the works. Uh, Going to yeah. add to it and stuff. Yeah, we're that gonna- store will just grow. Get uh, international set up and and taken care of and and if there's that out. if there's something you'd particularly like sh- put it into an email you know we read them all so yeah yeah we and that helps us we've got ideas but obviously we're not going to be the ones buying the shirts so yeah it's it's tough from our end because we're like well we have all these ideas look we'd love to make this and this but we can't like just make all the shirts yeah and then hope it works out so we'll probably put some uh, some polls up yeah. try to gauge interest in things and I don't know, maybe you guys hate shirts that's cool yeah still be your friend. I love all, uh, all my they'll, shir- they'll all, be all there. The shirtless people. They'll, they'll be there for you when you when you come around. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, let's see. We've got oh, the live show. The live show, duh. April seventeenth, doors open eight eight p.m. at LOL Chicago, which is on Lincoln, just south of Irving Park. It's a great neighborhood. There's a wonderful sushi restaurant. There's the Brownstone over there. There's a ton of great restaurants, ton of great bars. Uh, it's a fun place to to hang out, and we would love to see you. Uh, eight p.m. on April seventeenth. Yeah. You can get tickets through their website. It's a uh, laugh out loud theater. There you go. Dot com slash yep. Chicago. We'll, we'll have all that stuff on the, on the site that you can go to and everything. Exactly. Uh, that real easy for you. Uh, you know, it's, it's not the biggest venue in the world, but I think it'll be all right. I would love it if it was a problem and if, yeah. you know, and we're actually already looking to, to rebook. So, yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think, I think, I think it'll cover it. I'm, I'm excited. Um, by hook or by crook, we will fit everybody in. As yeah. God is my witness, I will break every fire code in the city of Chicago. It'll be fine. It's not like this city ever has fires. We don't take up a lot of space on the stage, so it's not like yeah. we're going to be, you know. You can come up and sit next to me. <laughs> Great cat fancy feast. Sit on my lap. It'll be great. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pretend you're a mannequin and you can do the podcast. April 17th, 8 p.m., LOL Theater, Chicago. Oh. Uh, Tickets are $10. One thing that I, I don't want to forget right now, the penalty box. Yes. Oh, right. I've been tried and convicted. Both Flora and I have. This episode ran, actually, we thought this was going to go shorter than did. This episode ran a little long. So I'm afraid we have to punt the penalty box. We are not shirking justice, but sometimes the docket gets full and yeah. we can't get arraigned properly. Well, sometimes when they don't, appeal. you know, sometimes they don't confirm a, a, a one of the justices. So, that's right. you know, it's, it's in gridlock. You yeah. Know, and if there's any cases is. that need to be, oh, <laughs> call you all. <laughs> you, Congress. <laughs> yeah. Don't, you know, you know, also most of Congress is rich, Flora. <laughs> Congress is rich, Flora. They're rich. <laughs> I'm gonna kick you until they feel it right now. <laughs> the head of the uh, the Climate and Science Advisory Board brought in a snowball. <laughs> I don't think he's the head of that one. He was just an idiot, just trying to goad you. So there you go, everybody. That's blurry <laughs> photos for this week. That's right. That'll do it for this episode of Blurry Photos. I have been Dave. Not one, not two, but three British accent stecco. <laughs> And I have been David Farfadet. <laughs> that was the best one on the list. Hey, Flora. Yeah. You remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the pie.
Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. I know which voice I'm going to do this in. What? Well, what is it on the Firth Van Dyke scale? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm former Governor Jesse Ventura in an old abbey town a long, long while ago. We gotta put it on the first section <laughs> and grave digger in uh, the go- churchyard of one Gabriel Grubb. Bo- body? I can't do it. The body? I was just doing that to f*** with you. Mr. The Body. <laughs> Mr. The Body. He was an ilk. <laughs> Okay, but seriously, I, I okay. surly fellow who <laughs> with nobody but himself like a good Marine. I saw my Davy crying hard as Dave could cry. What could I do? My Davy's love had gone and left my Davy blue. Nobody knew what key this f***ing song is in. <laughs>